can't wait for you to hear today's episode. Can't wait. A little performance, an amazing conversation with the musician I'm guessing you know. He is a renowned songwriter. Single Let the Drummers Kick was platinum with zero support from commercial radio. The Washington Post called him DC's finest export since Marvin Gaye. And let's face it, anytime you're compared to Marvin Gaye, you know you're the real deal. Um, Rolling Stone has raved that his uncommon chords and harmonies combine delicate dissonance with unexpected flashes of beauty. His albums have sold more than 700,000 copies, including his most recent one, Heroin and Helicopters, which came out last year. If you know anything about songwriting, uh, indie music, then you are, of course, aware that I am talking about Clarence Greenwood, a.k.a. Citizen Cope. This conversation is very enlightening, and uh, it's it's it spans the spectrum of heavy recognizing the times that we're in, light and inspirational, because it gives us a path for how to carve our own way in the world, and there's some performance involved as well. We get him to sing a couple tracks off his new album. I cannot wait for you to check out this conversation and performance from the one and only Mr. Citizen Cope. Until then, just a quick word from our sponsor, and then we're going to dive right into the show. Hey, before we get into today's episode, I've got something to share. Life isn't about finding fulfillment and success. It's about creating it. To that end, I've got a new book out, and it's called Creative Calling. It became an instant bestseller when it was released earlier this September. And for those of you listening to the podcast, if you dig this podcast, then this book is the perfect companion. I mean perfect because it takes the ideas we discuss here on the show and it organizes them. It takes my life of learning and studying creativity, talking to hundreds of the world's top creators in so many disciplines, and it organizes these ideas in a really clever and very practical way that I know will help you take action in pursuit of your dreams. So my ask is that you pick up a copy or two, or heck, 10. I'm not trying to be coy, but here's why. This is not about a transaction. This is about a message and a movement. You see, creativity is a force inside of every person, such that when it's unleashed, it transforms our lives and delivers vitality to everything we do. It's my belief that establishing a daily practice around creativity is therefore our most valuable and urgent task. It's as important to our well-being as exercise and nutrition. Now, I've put everything I have into this book, everything. It's been 10 years in the making. Um, just a couple words here from Richard Branson. He said, if you want to focus on creating amazing experiences, creating amazing businesses and relationships, Chase's book, Creative Calling, is an engaging guide to doing just that. Brene Brown said, Chase's experiences and his commitment to creating make him the perfect guide as we set out on our own adventures to learn how creativity has the power to change everything. Now, those reviews are just the tip of the iceberg, and you can read a couple hundred other five-star reviews on Amazon. But again, this isn't just about buying the book. It's about unleashing our most powerful force, our creativity. And I believe it's super important that as a community, we rally around ideas that we believe in. And so picking up a copy of Creative Calling, and more importantly, being a messenger for spreading this message, this is my ask of you. So thanks very much. And now let's get into today's show. Cope, how you doing today? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me today. 
<laughs> it's an amazing uh, opportunity to have you on the show. Very, very, very happy. And congratulations on the new single, um, Scared of Heights, just dropping today. Super, super excited. I watched that announcement from you on Instagram. What's it been like to uh, drop a new uh, single in this crazy time? Well, I, I wrote the song a while ago and recorded it, uh, I guess, last year sometime. And I just felt I'd, I'd been kind of waiting to to kind of get maybe some license or placement or some kind of campaign behind the song because I feel really strong about it. And when this came, it, was, it just seemed like such an important song for the times right now. Uh, Scared of Heights deals with kind of overcoming fear. And I was kind of at a, at a place or on a block where I wanted to express um how fear kind of motivates a lot of us and um there's a point that it stops working so i think that in in the song kind of addresses that in in, in kind of facing your fears and overcoming your fears during adversity and i felt like that was kind of timely right now Perfectly timed. Couldn't have been better. And uh, it brought me a lot of joy this morning. I guess I mentioned and I'm up here uh, secluded in a little family cabin. I couldn't no better place for me to take it in. Um, uh, let's talk about the um, the writing of the new single that just dropped today. Uh, what's your process for something like that? Was that um, short and did you did it all come to you uh, at one at one sitting, or is this something that has evolved over um, over the last, you know, several uh, months and weeks? Well, I, I kind of I wrote it in one particular fashion, and I was on the road, and uh, Chris Bars, who works with me, uh, had had brought this guitar ukulele, which is a small little instrument. It's like this. It's like a ukulele, but it's a guitar. Uh, it's got six strings. Um, and I'd written the song, kind of put down a rough draft of it, and um, I started playing with that, and that seemed to really work better. And I went back and recorded it just with the guitar and vocals, and it 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 pretty much uh, writing the song was pretty fast, and then recording it, um, it, it was just one of those songs that happened. I felt really good about it, uh, you know. It can happen a million different ways. You can sit there and struggle over a mix or struggle about uh, a performance, you know, but, you know, a great record like recording of a song usually requires there to be a great performance, um, a great sound, whatever that sound is, even if it's lo-fi, um, it has to sound like sound like it it it's sitting somewhere it has a home mm -hmm. and uh then also you got your you know production as well you know and the song is really important but if you know it, it's not as easy to make a great recording as we think otherwise we would you know everyone could record beatles songs forever and and uh have big hit records but they just don't match up with um <laughs> You know, even those those are amazing songs when you try to re-record, you know, a classic. It's not always easy. So I always take my hat off to people who can do covers and kind of make them their own. Speaking of covers, um, I heard uh, Carlos Santana cover one of your tracks. What's that like to have someone of of uh, his 
his stature and uh, place in music history be uh, playing your music? Was that something, uh, A, did you know about that? And B, is that something that uh, makes you proud or is that ex- is that expected? What's your thoughts on uh, having people like that uh, cover your tracks? No, it's completely not expected. I mean, um, when something like that happens, Carlos was just coming off his biggest record uh, ever. It was called Supernatural. It sold like 24 million records. Uh, he was following up with a record called Shaman, and everyone was trying to get on that record because it, had, you know, Carlos doesn't write his own songs, so every songwriter and producer and you know every song had like three or four songwriters and big producers, and I'd written the song for the Clarence Greenwood recordings already, and it was already done for my next record, um, and. And Carlos really loved it, and he, he asked uh, for permission to, to put it on his record, but we didn't know if it was actually going to make it, so went out there and, and recorded, and it ended up making it like the day before I found out. Um, I think they were maybe just stalling me so, to cut some kind of better deal, but uh, it made the record, and um, so grateful for that opportunity because even though it was supposed to be for my record and it eventually ended up on my record without Carlos. Uh, it was a great experience. I got to go to the studio with Carlos and record his guitar and do some percussions and a little bit of organ on it. And, um, it was an interesting perspective because, uh, uh, my stepbrother when I was growing up was a big Carlos Santana fan. And it was always a really giving, soul he would kind of look out you know send christmas presents we didn't live together but um always looked out he was two years older than me and just had a big heart and a lot of empathy and um he, he would always remember us and everything and uh, one year i was like you know he's always done so much and i it's a big cause for me and i bought him a carlos santana record and sent it to him for christmas and um Unfortunately, he passed away like like five months later, um, and you know he was very young at the time, uh, and and you know not to turn things too dark, but um, I know a lot of people deal with this, but um, or can identify with this, but he took his own life, and um, at a very young age. And when Carlos asked me to play on the record. It, it wasn't just, oh, wow, I get to get this. It's going to get a lot of spotlight. But it had somewhat of a spiritual significance. And that makes sense due to uh, Carlos's kind of um, dedication to the spirit and the and the universe and and the unknown and the supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, I just want you to let uh, to let you know that we have people tuning in from all over the world, South Africa, uh, Copenhagen, Wyoming, um, my gosh, New York, Baltimore, Maryland, Texas, Maine. Um, to say the uh, the internet's going crazy to be on the broadcast with you would not be an overstatement. Um, uh, even uh, even someone here saying that they. Uh, your your song was uh, 
the first song played at their wedding and they invited you, but they, they figured you were pretty busy and yeah. you didn't have a chance to get back to them. But, um, so suffice to say the, uh, the internet is alive and well, and, um, wants you to know that they're behind you and grateful for, um, for your last album, heroin, heroin and helicopters. And of course a single that you dropped today. And I know we're going to hear a little performance from you, uh, shortly, but I did want to, um, represent, uh, the internet and ask a question that's come in, um, from a couple different channels right now, and it is, how are you managing in uh, in this crazy time that we're in right now? They, the, the world wants to know. Well, I'm just trying to take it, you know, one moment at, at a time. Uh, I, I, I kind of have been subconsciously asking for a little bit break because I've been touring so hard over the last 15 years, and I had a great tour plan that, like, kind of culminated into this amazing tour happening uh from april to through may and that all got postponed and changed and so that was kind of a bummer because i had uh a lot of great plans and it was kind of a a majority of of you know what i've been working on some really great theaters at red rocks sold out which was sold out in 70 72 days before it so some really beautiful venues the moore theater in seattle uh, there was, you know, some, some great, some great places that I like to play. So, uh, that was a disappointment, but really I look at, uh, my main focus on this whole thing is just how other people will be. Uh, yeah. I, I, I see so many of the places that I go to some of the mom and pop restaurants. I usually don't, um, you know, go to commercial or corporate any anything's hotels or restaurants or anything like that i try to stay away from that and support independently owned uh mom and pop organizations so a lot of the places that i go to i really not just the places that i go to the places that took a chance the people that took a chance to go after their dream and not um and, and 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 go after their whatever they're doing and they provide such an amazing service to us all because they're the ones that make things cool before they're cool. You know, that's the shop that, okay, now they turned a chain into this type of thing because they realized there was so much stuff, uh, so much support of it. And, um, and not just that, you know, the 90 plus percent of people that live paycheck to paycheck and don't have any savings and um I, I was very concerned on you know how people would survive and you know that's also turned into just having a lot of gratitude for the people that have actually worked and you know been at the restaurants doing delivery or at the grocery store checking out people who are out there working during this stressful time and also putting themselves at risk so my focus was pretty much on others at the time um you know, you do art and, and as much as you, you have to, you know, because we live in a capitalistic society, as much as you have to be um, aware and of your your own business and your own and providing for your own family, I think innately we all go to it for a more selfish reason, which is to get some this amazing, uh, this amazing kind of uh end result of what it feels like to do something artistic 
and have it come together. I think where it's all like we're all, you know, it's almost like, wow, this really happened and, and how many steps it took to do that. That's really the payoff and the achievement of it. And sometimes you're like, well, I did this and then nobody, you know, it was like a tree falling in a forest. Nobody heard it. But um, I think that, you know, time is on the artist's side. And, and I read a quote recently about that uh, article in the Atlantic. And it was, um, I don't remember the guy that was written, but it was recently. And two writers interviewed each other. And, and uh, it's an old gentleman. And he, he, he said that, you know, pretty essentially... You know, art can overcome all this stuff and, and, and art is on, you know, kind of timeless. It has the ability to be timeless. And one thing about music is if you make the right song, it can live forever and it can affect people in a really good way. Like you said, somebody got married to the music and um, that's happened so many times over the years. And, and I'm just grateful that that it's inspired people like that. And I'm very grateful that it's, you know, supported me and my family as well. Well, it's incredibly inspirational to hear you talk about your work uh, and especially saying that art has the power of saving and art has the power of um, motivating us and getting us through tough times, both yeah. on the cr creation side of it and on the consuming side of it. So um, with that, I wanted to uh, let you perform a little bit of your art and uh i know we haven't rehearsed what songs we're gonna play i i, I just know that you've you got a few queued up and uh you're a professional so you let you take it from here and uh play as one or two or three tracks whatever you like and then we'll be back with some questions from around the world if you're just tuning in i'm chase we're at creativelive.com tv with the one and only citizen cope all right this is the new single scared of heights featuring my guitar lately Fly 
Stunning. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay quiet and let you uh, play a couple more if you're willing to. Oh yeah. All right. It's a brand new year Looking for somebody to play with I found this a brand new life Something within me all of my life There's so much trouble in the world Surrounded by miracles So much hatred on the surf But it will not work But still my love will be received better yet still my heart is in need of release yet still our love will be received better yet still my heart is in need of release ain't about justice Well, it's not about what was, what is Well, it's not about what's left Well, it's not about the next step Whoa. I found this brand new river Looking for somebody to share it with I found this brand new life Something within me all of my life 
there's so much trouble in the world Surrounded by miracles So much hatred on the earth But it will not work But still our love will be received Better yet still my heart is in need of relief. Yes, still our love will be received. Better yet still my heart is in need of release. Ain't about justice. Well, it's not about what was, what is. It's not about what's left When it's not about the next step When it ain't about justice When it's not about what was, what is When it's not about what's left When it's not about the next step When it ain't about justice When it's not about what was, what is when it's not about what's left, when it's not about the next step. so much and marie shannon sarah elizabeth melody ryan sarah joy um melissa justine all clapping virtually and grateful for you sharing your music with us here today um as i shared at the beginning of the broadcast i had the chance to listen to the last album um heroin and helicopters straight through this morning of course i listened to a bunch of it before since it came out but to be able to just play it straight through there's just an incredible arc that uh, that the album follows and it seems to me just so incredibly self-aware and i was curious if you could tell me what role does self-awareness play for you uh as an artist and and with your music in general well, I think you go back and forth with it. You know, it's one of those things that kind of fuels your art. I think artistically you go into something and you're you're so kind of in the moment when you're creating it. And then anything great that has come has come out of that self-awareness throughout whatever. I don't know if it's self-awareness, but being in the moment and in a meditative state and doing something that your kind of mind is shut off. And then you finish the song and your mind starts to go. It's like, well, how do I get this to people? And uh, that's from the self-awareness um, early on kind of uh, doesn't do you, you know, that's when it goes out the window kind of yeah. thing. You're like, well, and you end up, you know, I thought about it recently. Like I've, I've never had a problem 
with what I've stood up for um, as far as like how I've been treated in the music business or, you know, people that have taken advantage. And it's, you know, music business is a very, um, can be a very rotten business. Like, you know, historically it's stolen from the artists and, you know, that, that's, that's, you know, that's documented, well documented over time. Um, a lot of times they try to make it seem that the artist is the one that's difficult or, you know, a diva or this and that. But the fact is that, you know, most managers and um, record executives have been complicit in, in basically, you know, stealing from artists. And, yeah. you know, there's a few managers that really, really are worth their weight in gold. And I think they've, uh, you know, grateful that they've had a real partnership with their artists, you know, like the John Landos of the world, um, you know, who has Bruce Springsteen. Um, and there's great executives that you really need record executives sometimes to help shape your career and build, and you build, build you up. Um, and, and the system is important, but the actual system of somebody controlling artists is, 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 you know, the artist is usually looked at as the bad guy if he stands up for himself. So I never feel like, uh, I don't regret any of the ways that I've stood up or, you know, the fact that I've stood up for myself, whether it be with a promoter or an agent or a record company or anything related to the business side. Um, but I've had displeasure with myself on how I did it. Um, so over the years, that self-awareness kind of may have taken a back seat in those circumstances. So I've been really working on or acknowledging the fact that that self-awareness has to kind of be where, where I'm writing that song. I'm in that present moment thing there. I can't let, I can't lose that. You know, I gotta be like Michael Corleone and just keep cool. <laughs> <laughs> Great reference. Yeah. Um, we at creative live. We, try and champion artists who have that fierce independence we've had a number of folks who've shared the tribulations of you know having to sue their own record companies your letta was on here and talked about that and macklemore going independent zoe keating the cellist being independent um you're you've somehow been able to navigate this fierce independence with you know for your art and still be the recipient of mainstream success so right. is there some how, how have you navigated that and is there a is that uh, looking outward or looking inward? You know, there's a lot of people who uh, are listening right now that are conflicted with that because they want to achieve commercial success. They want to be admired and respected by their peers and on the cover of a magazine. But it seems like you are one of the few that have been able to navigate this success, um, this, this outward or overt success and also artistic integrity. Um, how have you managed those two things together? Well, I think it just comes from what you're saying, that artistic integrity. It's just something that you have to put in and you have to feel good about when you put it out and, and let uh, those who who it's meant to be for be the ones that champion it. And I've never had, like I said, I never had a top or radio charting um, song. Uh, 
you know, I've had some success at, co- at some, you know, non-commercial stations, but not even, like, even, and that's kind of the lowest realm of radio, and uh, um, triple is a triple A kind of non-commercial, and I never uh, charted on this triple A chart, which is not even with Sideways, Bullet in a Target, Song's Gonna Rise, and Let the Drummer Kick, which are all gold singles. But they never, you know, a majority of the people never played them, and um, and I'm grateful for those who did. But uh, the Clarence Greenwood recordings never spent a week on the Billboard Top 200, so not one week did it sell as well as you know the Top 200 artists. So it took 10, 12 years for that record to go gold, which is 500,000 copies. So it was never like flash and i always thought well making it quote making it would get that big splash and grammy nominations and all this kind of stuff but that's just not the way it worked out for me and but i know i have friends that had big radio hits and you know they they can't go out and play shows now and i think if you really look at it if if you want to long you know it would be great to have both, like to have mainstream success and uh, a, a long-term career. But um, I've been able to, to to figure out, kind of been label-proof and, and kind of the normal ways that people do it, I was able to figure out a way to do it to still be able to play and and provide, you know, music for people out there and, and but it's never been, it's not an easy road. You know, everybody, you know, everybody looks at the, the ego thing, which, oh, I want to be on the cover of Rolling Stone. And, you know, everyone would love to, or even, you know, get a decent inner a review by Rolling Stone. But uh, it's <laughs> that those kind of days are over. Those days are over where it's like, you know, print really doesn't matter that much anymore. And um, they've kind of made themselves kind of, they kind of took themselves out of the ball game by by not championing real artists and, and championing things that sell right away. Well, thank you so much for being a guiding light to uh, to me and so many who look up to you as as someone who's been able to manage that, keep their artistic integrity in place, um, and still provide a living for themselves and, and for you and your family, for example. Uh, it's it's so refreshing. Uh, and is it your belief that that um, we're moving away from that mainstream and now it, we're seeing this, this decentralization? Because here we are, I mean, we've got thousands of people tuned in from all over the world on all kinds of different platforms. No, yeah. you know, no record executives. It's just, you know, you down in LA and me up in Seattle here with the internet connection. So is that, is that more the future or are you, are you, um, h- how do you view the future for, for musicians and other artists? Um, you know, is it ripe or should we be worried? I mean, I, I think this kind of thing definitely is going to, is going to kind of maybe bring the middle class back to, to art, where like it became like, it, this, you know, if you could compare it to a, a division of class like the super wealthy and then the broke. And there there's always a, a great amount of artists that kind of lived in a middle, upper middle, 
kind of area, not financially, but um, just as far as being able to sustain themselves uh, that you never heard of. So, and there was always the underground kind of comes up and becomes mainstream. That, that paradigm is, is still, what's interesting is I'd like to see how the, the streaming thing really plays out because every time I hear somebody say the same thing at every single meeting, then I realize that something's not going to happen with this. Um, and, and that, that keyword is Spotify. And everybody, every meeting you go to, oh, yeah, we can get you Spotify playlists. We can get you this and that and Spotify, Spotify. And they're spending their whole revenue on Spotify. And that's because a lot of the majors own a piece of Spotify and have kind of the leverage on what Spotify needs, which is the content. And um, therefore, you have a, a, a great amount of, of, of you know, putting too many eggs in that one basket. So I, I don't know that the stream, whatever streaming it is, Apple or Amazon or whatever, uh, they're still kind of controlled by the big players. And then you can always hear about, oh, well, this person came out of SoundCloud, but you didn't hear about them until they kind of joined with a, with a major company. Even you mentioned Macklemore, like his big ascension came when he finally you know, went to the Warner Brothers system. You know, he started in that independently, but once it caught some heat and they realized it was going to do something, you know, they pushed on the, 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 they pushed the button at Warner Brothers and um, to, not to take anything away from him because, you know, it was an amazing thing that he did. Uh, but you have, I think there's still going to be the people that you need a campaign with and there, you know, something like this is going to become an equalizer in the playing field. But we're still being controlled by the system, I think, in a lot of ways because, you know, they got to figure out a way to monetize it without, you know, relying on advertisement and this kind of thing, which is like kind of what, you know, I, I want to be able to pay an advertiser. You know, I want to be able to pay somebody to advertise. I don't want to have to rely on somebody, an advertiser paying me. Mm. I want to be able to pay for, for, you know, advertising my shows or my record or whatever. I want to pay for, to, to advertise. I don't want to, you know, worry about advertiser paying me because then it artistically, it's better to go hand to hand. You know, it's better to have customers. It's better to have a real fan base that you can actually interact with. And I think that's starting to happen where you kind of get a direct contact with your people. Yeah, I think that it's um, well said. And, and to me, that's the future hope, right? This this direct connection that we have with the people that appreciate our music. Uh, and I'll just let you know that Sarah and Lisa are telling people to stop what they're doing and, and complimenting you on Music being pure soul. That's Michael coming in from YouTube. Um, just you got the whole world cheering you on here behind us today. Um, I, I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about your process. Um, go back to the process of writing the album uh, Heroin and Helicopters. 
which would be great if you first told us the namesake of the album. I, I, I read a story about how that name came to be. But tell us a little bit about um, how that name came into being and then what was your process uh, for creating that album? Well, years ago when I was doing Sideways uh, and Carlos Santana wanted the song on his record, he came to a show I was doing at the Fillmore in San Francisco and he came backstage and he says, excuse me, whatever you do, stay away from the two H's. And I was like, what are the two H's? And he said, heroin and helicopters. He says, don't do heroin and don't fly in helicopters. And, uh, you know, I guess um, obviously the heroin reference, but Bill Graham and Stevie uh, Ray Vaughan had passed away in the helicopter. And, and, you know, he had some close people to him uh, not make it. And so years later, I mean, this is 15, you know, 16 years ago. And I was thinking about what I was going to name the album, and I felt like that actually had a story to it because it was still relevant now. And and it seemed like, all right, we're dealing with this crisis and this opioid epidemic. And, you know, people get on the opioids and then, you know, those are her- that's, you know, heroin derivatives. And then they go back to using heroin and, and it becomes... Um, and we've lost a lot of people. We lost, uh, you know, a lot of my peers in music, you know, have passed away for overdosing. And let alone, we all have family members and friends who have suffered. Um, you know, a lot of us ourselves have, you know, had to overcome some sort of addiction. Uh, and it wasn't just, when I thought about the album, I wasn't even thinking just about substance abuse. I was thinking about the addiction to our you know, cell phones to social media and the kind of these things that are taking us away from real human interaction and um, also addiction to kind of conflict. And it's like we're so addicted right now to conflict where we can easily type off something and say something nasty over the Internet or even, you know, address somebody that we love about something that they don't want to hear um, we might have the tendency to say it not in the most empathetic way, um, because a lot of times it's great to be able to tell something they might not want to hear if, if you're close to somebody, but it's like, you know, how you say it. Uh, and with our political differences right now going on in the world, like I think I was in Brazil and it's kind of like, it seems like everywhere in the world has somewhat of a similar dynamic with one side thinking this, and then there's this uprising of this, and it's taken so much of our attention, uh, uh, politics, which is, you know, to me, it's like, I've always had a social awareness of what's going on and dreams and aspirations. I've always wanted there to be a better education system. And I've felt like you know, we could cure certain diseases easier, but, you know, when we're, we're, we're operating on this low frequency right now where we're all just arguing about this politician and that politician and why this guy's better, it doesn't, it takes our, we're using an immense amount of energy that we could use to cure cancer, have a great educational system, kind of concentrate on the things that we all want for our children and for humankind.
and we could make these amazing leaps and bounds in humankind if we actually just address those situations instead of like pointing fingers at each other and like, oh, you're wrong. I like this guy. I like that guy. I'm dealing on a person. And it's almost become personal. So at that point, it's really not about there's no victory in that. Um, and so in the helicopters part was kind of just dealing, you know, and, and, and one thing I wanted to add about that is back to the heroin thing is like we we all can learn a great deal from people who think differently than us. And, you know, there's friends of mine that, you know, have guns and this kind of thing. I don't really, I never had a gun. Um, but there's conversations you can have that like, okay, well, that doesn't make him my enemy. There's people that taught, you know, there might be somebody who taught me how to tie their shoes and I don't, so when I grow up, I don't sit at the table and have disagreements with them or not, or just differ from them politically, socially, or racially, or religiously. So we can have all these differences, but the fact is I actually learned something from them in my life. And, uh, and the heroin part is kind of deal, I mean, the helicopters part is kind of that we're in a rush to get somewhere. And we're always in a rush and it's like, oh, okay, we're not really taking in what's going on and you know we've been taught in the society to get more and get more and get more and you keep chasing that thing and the reason i bring it up because i've been guilty of it myself and um what can i do more and more and more and not really enjoying the moment and realizing that we are at our destination and we're already there but you know there's things that we can do to get somewhere else but we can't be so concentrated on getting there you know because then when when we get there we're not even going to enjoy it <laughs> if we can't enjoy where we are now you know <laughs> so so it's like it's like you know a bank account or something you're like if you can't save ten dollars when you're making no money then you know if you get a million dollars you're going to spend that million too <laughs> <laughs> So, so that's so, where the title came from. Now it's I love the depth, and you can sit, your your values are so reflected in the title, and I think that's one of the things I've always admired uh, about you as an artist. Your values uh, seems like you lead with them. I was first acquainted to your music speaking of the Moore Hotel and indie indie radio uh, by KEXP and John in the Morning, Cheryl Waters up in Seattle and KEXP and. And uh, at the Moore Theater, my, my wife used to live in a little corner apartment there at the Moore Theater. So amazing yeah. venue. And uh, and to, to witness you in person and to hear you speak about uh, your values so eloquently today, I think that's, um, that's something that that's why the Internet's going bonkers right now. And just grateful for the time you're, you're sharing with us today. I wanted to have one other line of question before we um, let you shout out to KXP. Big shout yeah. out to KHP, John in the morning, and uh, everybody over there, Kevin, and and um, yeah, they were they were like one of those stations when they started playing Bullet and Target acoustically. That just wow, this is this. I, I've never had a situation where a radio station was playing something, and then I'd go there, and there's all these people there, and it really kind of 
I think it was right when they started getting really, really popular. And um, they were very supportive of that one record. And I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, they're dear, dear friends of mine. And yeah. um, much respect. They've, they've uh, brought us so many, so many um, great folks in, in, in that indie fashion that you've talked about. Yeah. Um, but one more line of question before, uh, if, you, if you'd uh, play us one more song or two after this. I want to talk about the genre because I think a lot of people, um, again, the, the audience today is mostly creators and entrepreneurs, people who are not just inspired by your music and your art, but who are creators themselves. And a question that I hear regularly and that I like to, to get from people who are guests on the show is, you know, how do you pick your lane? How do you know what you're good at? How do you, um, how do you develop a personal style? So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how you found your style i know you know you've, you've talked at length in other interviews about all your your influences but there's something that's so pure and you you are almost genreless you you know it's not hip-hop it's not reggae it's not pop it's yeah. not folk it's it's like this amazing amalgamation of all these different heritages and lineages but you're unmistakably you and i think that's the sign of a true artist so how did you arrive there i think you got to really dig deep and uh and and you know woodshed you know every artist has to spend a lot of time by themselves and it and it means you know kind of sacrificing friendships sacrificing family sacrificing uh what you would normally want to do um and you know up there in a cabin somewhere or in a cheap hotel somewhere in jamaica running on the beach doesn't really matter where you are but allowing yourself to be like you know you got to go out there and find it yourself and and really you're it's within you so there's nothing that you know you got to be true and authentic to what you do and who you are and um obviously you can use your influences but how how is that voice really going to speak to other people and uh, essentially it's after trying for a long time, you'll know when that voice is speaking. You know, you can be like, oh man, this isn't right. And, and, but, uh, you know, I remember the first time, you know, after years, and I got goosebumps writing a song. And I was like, man, that's something that, something there, you know? And, and, uh, and I think when you, you kind of, you kind of have to be authentic. I mean, we, we live in a society that wants to follow trends. So it's very difficult. It's very t difficult to, to kind of do that, you know, pull that, pull that locomotion, if you will. But you have to, you know, people can gain commercial success. I mean, obviously there are people around me that have big multi-platinum records and all this kind of stuff. And people are like, oh, your stuff is better than theirs. And I was like, it's not about that. It's about, you know, reaching an audience and fulfilling an audience and touching somebody on a really small level and growing that. And I think a lot of times as artists, we're scared. We kind of we kind of lose our vision as artists in 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 trying to monetize things. And I think that and that, like I said earlier, it's not that the other side isn't important because how much you love your art has to be you have to equally represent that commercially 
and and just have the hustle. I mean, Basquiat went in and chased um, uh, what's his name? Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol down at a at a restaurant. You know, yeah. it's like having that kind of you know you know go after it. You know, it's not like you know you don't want to be a pest to anyone, but if you have the talent, you have you owe it to your thing to somewhat you know knock on a bunch of doors and i think that but the process of artistically kind of finding yourself has to do with woodshedding and being by yourself and sacrificing the things you know because so many artists think okay i want to have a you know a wife and kids and 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 i want to go out on the weekends and i want to go to um this event or i want to go to that like there ain't none of that you know when i started out there wasn't no girlfriend there was a, you know, there was a, was a what's it called, uh, a futon on the floor, and I had a great little efficiency apartment that I wrote a lot of great songs at, and um, spent a lot of time alone. You know, I'd go to open mics, you know, three times a week to kind of start to learn how to perform live because that wasn't my forte. I was more like a a songwriter and a producer, and and you know, it's like. You know, so, you know, if your partner isn't supportive of it, you know, I had partner at the time and then, you know, she was like, well, if you make it, you're not going to be around. And if you don't, you're going to be miserable. So, <laughs> so it was like, we kind of split up and everything, but it was like, it's not, there's not a lot of time for, you know, Matt, you know, being around and doing stuff. I spent, you know, Luckily, at the 930 Club in, in Washington, D.C., um, the people were very cool with me and let me come in to see shows. So I saw a lot of shows and I spent a lot of time. I walked around. I didn't have any transportation. But um, prior to that, I used to buy and sell tickets. So I was always I always had enough money to get by. Um, and and then I stopped even doing that because I didn't even want that there and would occasionally go and do some stuff just to cover my rent uh but for the most part it's it's woodshedding and people probably don't want to say that but you'll find yourself in that alone time mm -hmm. and i mean i think people like have the misconception of oh my life's going to be like a banker they want their life to they want to be an artist but they want to live a nine to five kind of corporate life because they feel like it's an excuse to get away from actual real work. But if you do this, it's probably a lot more time consuming than actually getting a job and a lot more emotionally scarring <laughs> and so, emotionally difficult when you're getting, you're knocking and getting failure after failure. Uh, but it's also a lot more fulfilling when you actually do um, get a minor success and 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 then you can eventually get to that point of okay well i i got myself uh maybe a house or a great apartment and i can go out to a nice restaurant and take my girl out or whatever that kind of thing and or if, if it's great you can jump on a private jet and fly to uh wherever you want but you know i've never uh, uh got that type of success but i mean it's like there's there's a great level of of thing you can do but it's you know any art you do it's not going to be 
you're not living, you know, you got to find somebody that's going to understand that that's what you do and that's where your heart is. And, you know, everything else kind of has to take second fiddle. And obviously when your children come along, that opens, that's a whole different story. But, uh, you know, when you're trying to get your thing off, I think, you know, woodshed, woodshed, woodshed. So does that mean indirectly, um, here we are. We're recording this in uh, April of of 2020, and w- woodshedding has basically been prescribed to yeah. most of the people on the planet. So, is is there an implicit message in uh, in what you just shared about about this particular opportunity about right now? Would you would you give yeah. some advice? Yeah, I mean, on I, th- that? I think if we're sitting here worried about what's going to happen next, then we're losing focus. This happened for a reason. You know, whatever powers that be, whether, you know, if you believe in conspiracy theories or if you just feel like the universe wanted to kind of let everybody take a rest. I mean, I think it was needed. I mean, I was looking around. I go to different cities and I've been saying for the last couple of years, this can't sustain itself. You know, you see all the cranes, all the building, all the, you know, you talk to the Uber driver and ask if he's doing very any better because there's all this new stuff going on everyone says oh you know you should have seen nashville seven years ago oh, you should have seen louisville five years ago oh, you should have seen you know venice 10 years ago or 15 years ago you should you know everyone has the same story so every city wherever it is all the rural you know people in the rural areas have moved to the cities so there's all this growing and, and all this kind of stuff and it's just not sustainable. Like who's going to pay for all this? Who's going to pay for these $2 million condos that are being built up, you know, 25 feet high. And, and so I'm just thinking like how, and everybody's in a rush to get more and more and more and, and, you know, getting into businesses that don't necessarily provide quality and craftsmanship. And, you know, that's where we're all luckily, you know, have something that we, as artists, we can deliver. We can deliver real, true craftsmanship and real, true quality if, if we put our minds to it. With that said, yeah, I mean, I think this time right now, we might not experience this ever again. We might, it might happen, you know, more than we expect. But part of that time, and this was meant to kind of slow people down or change their perspective, and people have been running around too much with their heads cut off you know including myself so universe has a way of providing what we need even when we don't think we need it yeah well um i'm just uh carl and lisa and sarah and dina and uh gabrielle and david and jason and shannon and (laughs) would love to hear another track or two if you can uh share us Share with us uh, maybe one or two more before we let you wrap up. All right. Let's sing a song that I'm... This song is called Sideways. You know it ain't easy 
Holy salt city man There's no words to describe it In France or in England Diamonds they fade Flowers they bloom And I'm telling you these feelings won't go away They've been knocking me sideways They've been knocking me out late Ever you come around me These feelings won't go away They've been knocking me sideways I keep thinking in a moment that Time will take them away but These feelings won't go away These feelings won't go away You know it ain't easy for this altered leaving There's no words to describe it In France or in England Diamonds they fade Flowers they bloom And I'm telling you these feelings won't go away They've been knocking me sideways They've been knocking me out late Ever you come around me These feelings won't go away They've been knocking me sideways I keep thinking in a moment that time will take them away. But these feelings won't go away. These feelings won't go away. Diamonds they fade, flowers they bloom, and I'm telling you, and I'm telling you, the diamonds they fade, flowers they bloom, and I'm telling. I'm telling you These feelings won't go away They've been knocking me sideways They've been knocking me out late Ever you come around me These feelings won't go away they've been knocking me sideways 
keep thinking and I'm home at that. Time will take them away. These feelings won't go away. These feelings won't go away. amazing we got uh, a lot of a lot of um emily and Pillai and gabriel a lot of a lot of tears being shed on the internet they'll people saying that will never ever 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 this is forever so you're tired of you playing that song uh, thank you. Uh, yeah thank you so grateful so grateful um for those of you just joining i'm chase with uh here with mr citizen cope um New IG, new single drop today on IG, Scared of Heights, which he played earlier. And you'll have the chance to replay this wherever you're seeing it, either here at creativelive.com slash TV or Facebook or YouTube. Um, watch it again if you can. Uh, it was the first track he played. Um, last question before I um, let you go. was hoping that um, you could give a, a prediction of um, where your music is going to take you in the next chapter of your life. Do you have a, a place that you want to go? Do you have a, um, I know you've, you've articulated really clearly that the destination, the journey is the destination. Uh, I'm just wondering what, um, there's some, something on the horizon for you that you're uh, thinking about right now, or, or are you just content? Um, I, I think that one of the amazing things about being able to perform and, and make records is that you're always, learning something new and so and and the adventure of that is very fulfilling um one thing i've recently come to terms with is that uh any of this stuff with all the extra things that it can bring you and and amazing opportunities to meet really cool people and travel cool places and you know recording studios and all that stuff that you you never thought you could be able to do so grateful for that um and all these things that i thought whether it would be like the women or you know not whatever you know the uh, most musicians you know like oh i want to get a pretty girlfriend so i'm gonna write a good song uh but all those kind of things are kind of thrown out and i realized that um it's really about personal growth and all that kind of stuff is is secondary because at the end of the day it's it's you know i i feel like i've used the mute i've come to terms with that music might be just a, a a vehicle for personal growth and um there's a lot of things once you you kind of feel like you realize that that okay this could expand to something different you know maybe not just touring or you know, every window is going to close. I think the recording thing is going to close pretty soon as far as like people being able to make records. So it's like and the live thing is closed. So, you know, one thing about being an artist, it always changes and you just got to innovate. And so, you know, trying to 
developed this cool them with cope show which you know i go uh to the cities and uh, that i travel and play in and um highlight mom and pop places businesses that i go to I went to a great boutique hotel in chattanooga this distillery in in bootleg county and in, in uh virginia a great airbnb be, be there um not airbnb bed and breakfast sorry uh you know just hamburger spot uh whatever's really amazing and kind of local and still has that fabric of independent spirit and you know so highlighting that kind of stuff and i'm kind of gonna build on that just because it was a lot of fun it kind of showed what i did outside of playing the shows yeah it's been as a as a uh, consumer of that it's been really fun uh to watch you pick that up and uh, share it and highlight these individual businesses and burgers and uh, <laughs> and and also on your your Insta lately. Um, just want to say thank you so much for sharing. You've been given a ton of time lately to uh, concerts like this. I think it is innovation, as you said. Uh, when artists, when you were dealt a hand, you know you don't know what's coming around the corner, but it's really um you seem to epitomize like responding to that in the moment it's been uh it's been inspirational as hell to watch you and to contribute so much of your time um to playing shows like this and others online so i wanted to say thank you oh thank you yeah i mean it's not something i normally would have ever thought i would be doing but it just kind of came to the point of you know, it kind of started when I got interested in this Cool and with Cope show, and I was like, oh, this is really cool, and I expanded it to some interviews, and I did a bunch of free concerts, and then um, did some, doing some paid ones. I'm having, actually, want to announce next week, I'm doing, this is the first place I'm going to announce it, I'm doing three shows, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and one's going to be just a regular show, One's going to be kind of a storytellers on Saturday is going to be storytellers. And I'm going to do the Clarence Greenwood recordings from start to finish and tell some stories about it, take some questions. And um, the shows are always really long, but, you know, you can rewatch them and rewatch them again. And the third one is going to be kind of deep cuts, stuff that I don't normally play at shows or that aren't necessarily in the popular kind of what what people but i found that like people love all the all the people that are invested in my music kind of like all the stuff so i always hear songs like you know shout it out and i end up playing them and, and playing more and it never can be enough at the end of the sh two and a half hour show somebody says well why didn't you play the newspaper why didn't you know it's like oh god well. <laughs> it, and you, know, you can't play all of it but I, I kind of wanted to do one of those deep cuts ones. And it's going to be the first time the Clarence Greenwood recordings is performed acoustically. So it's going to be a special kind of, you know, these three mm -hmm. shows would be amazing. And I think I'm going to announce the shows tomorrow. So look on the IG or the website or the Facebook with information on how to um, get tickets to that. And we're also working with some charities involved in it. So it's all good. 
Amazing. Well, we'll make sure to uh, amplify that when you make the announcement of where we can see it. Thank you for sharing something that hasn't been shared anywhere else uh, with us right. here here today. It means the world to us. And, and Catherine and Villa Maroc and Shannon and Gabriel and Mark and myself and the entire Creative Live community, the creator community around the world. So grateful for you sharing your insight and wisdom and uh, and of course your art with us today very very grateful to have you on the show um thank you chicks i appreciate it man i appreciate what you're doing and i appreciate you giving you know artists a voice and and for your listeners to be able to kind of get some real insight on stuff because usually an interview is not really all inclusive as far as like an interview is just the bullet points and you know with this forum you can actually get deep into what an artist and the creative process is and I think every artist out there wants to kind of get that, get that knowledge. And, and I kind of it reaffirms what we do watching something like this. Appreciate it. Well, uh, next time you're in Seattle, you and I and Kevin and John and Cheryl can get together down at KXP because I'm sure you'll be strolling through there next time you can come right. to Seattle. Yeah, well, yeah. Look forward to it. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to serenade us off into the sunset, uh, we can close out. Uh, at the end of the song, or if you're uh, if you're all fed up, we can we can let you go. Your call, man. <laughs> I'll give you another one. <laughs> if you don't want to, man, I just it's, I, I I'm just looking at a thousand comments coming in here. Oh, what do they say? They want to hear. Begging for one more. Um, they want to hear. Oh, this would be a good one. Okay, there's about a five second delay between when I say it and when it hits the internet. So you just heard. Uh, Citizen Cope ask you what you want to hear and oh god here comes a comment <laughs> um, we're going to count it down 10 seconds and then I'm just going to I'm going to uh, let you know what comes in here because now okay Shannon and Villa and Barbara and well we got about 30 requests for let the drummer kick we got bullet coming in here bullet in a target bullet in a target bullet bullet one more uh, newspaper uh, <laughs> all the, all, I mean, now it's, I'm, I'm deep, snowed under now. Newspaper's I can't. a deep cut. All right, I'm going to Because drummer's not, uh, I didn't write that on acoustic guitar. I kind of wrote that on my keyboard and drum machine. But uh, I play Bullet and a Target. All right, thank you so much. We'll just sign off at the end of this and uh, have you have a great day. Say, Mr. Dalai Lama's little sister shooting hair on her mouth. Amputees and free time, silly honest. The church wasn't honest. The state put the youth in a harness. Creating hostility among them. Teacher said no college. Still kid, gotta get a check with a couple commas. People want to bomb us. Poor people gotta scatter and run from us. You could blame it on two sorry pile of overdones. What you done is put yourself between a bullet and a target. And it won't be long before pulling yourself away. What you done is put yourself between a bullet and a target. And it won't be long before. Putting yourself away, yeah. 
between our bullet and a target. Between our bullet and a target. Been knowing her for years. I've been seeing her for years. She got a dark, dark wavy head. With a forehead sign, she just don't care. She got a swerve with her heart to top. She got a daddy never gave up. She drank a beer with a pop to shine. She got knocked up in a pickup truck. But she got engaged when she was 19 to this dude who was acting insane. Had a 45 that he always claimed. Said one day, one day, one too many days. I read up that you ran away. Never to be heard from, never to be seen. I check the cover of a magazine. And now I'm wondering how, just I'm wondering what you've done. It. Put yourself between a bullet and a target, and it won't be long before pulling yourself away. What you've done here is put yourself between a bullet and a target, and it won't be long before pulling yourself away. Yeah, between a bullet and a target. 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 Between a bullet and a bullet and a bullet and a bullet and a bullet. Bullet and a target. Hey, that was an awesome episode. But before you bounce, just I got three quick thoughts. First, thank you for being in this community. It gives me so much juice, I can't even tell you, so much juice that when I hit publish and the show goes out into the ether, that there's an amazing community of like-minded people just like you consuming and sharing the show. So thank you. Second, it would be huge. It would mean the world to me if you left a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Now, we're regularly featured at the top slot there on Apple's podcast page and others and Spotify, etc. And that's because of your reviews. So if you've ever wanted to uh, lend a hand or you got some value from me in the past and you want to pay it forward, that would be amazing. And then lastly, it would also mean the world to me if you shared the content that you get here, whether it's a screenshot or a photo of where you're listening, anything via Instagram stories um, or any other social feeds tagging me and the guests. Now, I repost this content and your comments all the time, so I would love to share your shoutouts in my feed too. Um, not only do these shoutouts uh, are, are they good for you and me, but they also help us book amazing guests because they see the reach that you cultivate. This is a way for you to help contribute to the show. So, again, want to say thanks. I'm just at Chase Jarvis. You can use at Creative Live as well, and the guests are easy to track down because they are well. They're usually quite well-known people. Um, but again, thank you so much for listening. I'm looking forward to being in your ears again. Hopefully tomorrow.